I'm Pam. I'm Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome, Welcome to Ozark's Haints and Hoosh. Hoosh. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about Haints, Hooch, and history. Well, hello, podcast world. Welcome to Ozarks Haints and Hooch, another installation of your spooky stories from the Ozarks. My name is Pam. I'll be your host for this evening. And our big story is Deidre. And our little one, well, Deidre's got the big one. <laughs> and the little one goes to Dawn. Yeah. I lied, right? Yes. Yes. You got it. No, oh. you got it. You got, oh, it. I got it. Okay. 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 And our drink is from our sister Dina. So Dina, you want to give it to us and take it away? Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is one that actually all of us like. Yeah. We all like this one. Yes. We do. Yes, we do. Uh-huh. But those for um you lactose intolerant people may not like it as much, but you can always use almond milk. So I have a white Russian and that is just two ounces of vodka, an ounce of Kahlua, and a splash of heavy cream. Now, that's what it says. I just poured a whole bunch of stuff in a glass over ice. Me too. So, <laughs> and I tend to use more Kahlua than vodka in half and half. Me too. Yeah. All yes, right. All right. Well, did you guys know that I make my own homemade Kahlua? Oh, yes. no. Yes. I so knew you I'll could. Have, I'll have to share that recipe with you sometime. Oh, so I've got yeah. my homemade Kahlua and vodka and cream. So hey, post that up there and we'll put it with the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I could do that. I could yeah. do that. Well, we're sure glad you're here tonight. And uh, a couple of housekeeping things before we get going on the big one. Uh, we want to remind you our social media links are Facebook and Instagram, so be sure and check us out there. And our tech disclaimer is that if you hear dogs or cats or kids or mowers or uh, <laughs> uh, anything in the background or little cutouts here and there, we all have different Wi-Fi connections and we're in three different states and it's all very strange, but we're putting it together and making it happen here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, another thing is to be sure and subscribe where you see uh, that is possible and to give us four or five stars. Five would be best. Ten. Five Ten stars. stars. All Ten the stars. stars. All, All the stars. stars possible. We want you to give those to us. <laughs> yeah. And also to remind you that our Ozarks Haints and Hooch release on the first and the 15th of every month. Yeah. So we are on, I think, our fifth uh, installation right now. Fifth, fifth is out right now. Fourth is out right now. So uh, be sure and check that out. Yeah. So um, moving right along, let's see. We are going to throw it to Deidre because yeah. she has the big one. So take I it, I do. Okay. So 
I had never heard about this place um, growing up and my husband told me about it. And so I was really excited to kind of learn about it and, and find out some more information. Now, um, unfortunately, all of the stories were based on the same story. Do you know what I mean? So you go read something and it was based on the same story that somebody else told. But I did find out um, a little bit of information um, that I am excited to share with you. And um, I am doing my big one on the albino farm, also known as Spring Lawn Farm or um, also Spring Lawn Estates, which is located just north of Springfield, Missouri. It's around I have never heard about this either. Okay. Well, I have I, never heard either. about this. Never. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rob had, and you know, he's like, I can't believe you didn't like in college or in high school hear about the albino farm and go out and nope, nope. So there were a lot of like, you know, um, uh, kids that went out to this area and, you know, as you do when you're in college or high school or whatever and, and look for scary things and that kind of thing. So um, uh, I did not do it. But anyway, uh, here's a little bit of history on Spring Lawn Estates, also known as the Albino Farm. Um, it was a, originally a 330-acre farm. It predated the Civil War and it went through several owners, including a general of some kind, before being purchased by a man named Frank Headley, which makes me think of Blazing Saddles for some reason. Oh, <laughs> Headley Lamar. Headley Lamar. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Frank Headley uh, bought the um, uh, property for $30,000 in 1923, which was a lot of money at that time. The house itself was built in 1880, and there were other um, buildings and um, barns and things like that that were added throughout the years. Sadly, the house burned in 1980, uh, and it was more than likely set by arsonist vandals or, you know, people out there just partying and not caring about other people's property. Um, it originally had 11 rooms, an attic, and a full basement. The farm itself was a recreational destination for locals in the 1800s. So the public would come out to race, ride horses, um, kind of just generally enjoy themselves with picnics uh, and that kind of thing. Um, Mr. Headley was a college educated man in agriculture and he added numerous houses to the estate. Like I said, the list included a stone pump house, a bath house, an ice house, and of course the one in which to live. The farm prospered under his ownership and was known for its dairy, draft horses, collies, and it was even a cattery. Do you guys know what a cattery is? No. no I know so people that probably live in catteries. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. So a cattery was either like a boarding house for cats or a breeding house for cats wow. for kitty cats yeah huh. so anyway isn't that interesting yeah i didn't know there was such a thing i well, didn't either neither because i thought well that's spelled wrong maybe it means cattlery no it was a cattery so <laughs> mr headley owned the farm until about 1914 and then he sold it to mike sheedy who was an irish catholic immigrant and it was described by past and present of green county missouri organization as having prospered through close application, good judgment, and honest dealings. So evidently, Mr. Sheedy was a good man. Uh, he moved to the United States when he was 15 years old 
and jumped between Ohio and Louisiana before initially moving to Springfield with the Frisco Railroad in 1870. So I don't know if you've noticed this, but several of the stories I've done have involved the Frisco Railroad, which I think is interesting. <laughs> anyway, after purchasing the farm, he set about raising a variety of crops as well as nine children. <laughs> Wow. One of his crops, yeah. The farm grew in size, and it was known for being one of the most prosperous, wealthy farms in the county, according to a local historian named Todd Wilkinson, who was also a librarian at, at Ozarks Technical Community College. Now, um, the patriarch, Mike Sheedy, died in 1934, and the estate passed to his wife and children, but as years ticked away, their numbers dwindled, and eventually three sisters, Agnes, Margaret, and Helen, were all who were left to lo locally care for the family's considerable holdings. So it was completely uh, remodeled and enlarged in 1950 by the Sheedy family. The last resident, Helen Sheedy, who was, I believe, the youngest sister, died in January of 1979. The Sheedy family at one time owned over 1,200 acres in Greene County. There were five farms as well as storefront property, some of which was on Commercial Street in Springfield. And Springlawn was the last of the large farms bordering North Springfield, okay? So I do wanna say that a lot of my information comes from Ozarks Alive, um, Underground Ozarks and the Newsleader. And if you haven't um, checked out Ozarks Alive or Underground Ozarks, um, those are two great blogs, especially Ozarks Alive. Well, both of them. They're both great um, yeah, blogs. And, and uh, if you ever want to find great information about the Ozarks, I encourage you to check them out. But anyway, mm -hmm. so here we are moving on to the urban legends portion of the story. So it was rumored that a caretaker at the farm had albinism and scared people off with a shotgun. Other tales tell of experiments done on people with albinism in a rock mansion that used to be on the property. And those stories were sometimes combined with the legend of Hatchet Man's Bridge, uh, a narrow um, trestle-like bridge uh, that was on the same road as the Springlawn Farm. Now, Steve Yates, author of Legend of the Albino Farm, said that people began telling the story of albino caretakers at a piece of land bordering North Springfield as early as 1946. So his book um, is more of a piece of uh, uh, fiction and not, not nonfiction. It's based on the farm, um, but uh, his story, um, I believe, uh, deals with a, one of the sisters, and it, it's, it's not necessarily um, nonfiction, if that makes sense, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, anyway, eventually the three Sheedy sisters, Agnes, Margaret, and Helen, were left to care for the farm, and according to Caitlin with Ozarks Alive, uh, who is, you know, does a lot of the blog there, um, it would have made sense that the sisters needed some extra help, and possibly that help was an albino who didn't like outsiders, okay? Mm -hmm. So um, Todd, back to Todd Wilkinson, um, he says that while little is known about the story's origin, its longevity can't be disputed because his grandfather told the story in the 1940s also about the albino farm being haunted. 
Some people talk about dungeons filled with albinos or perhaps an albino cemetery. There's been tell of a colony of the light pigmented folks who've lived on the farm. And at times it's been said a hospital was hidden there um, with a crazed scientist performing experiments on albinos and prompting their ghosts to roam the grounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Others simply mention the caretaker primed and ready to run off any trespassers or perhaps on a bad day, butcher a family with an ax or hatchet. <laughs> Oh, of course. That's, that's yeah. That's that's Caitlin's. Uh, those are Caitlin's words, and I left them because I thought it was well on written. A bad so, day. yeah, on oh. a bad day. So that brings us to the story of the Hatchet Man's Bridge. Now it's just down the road, and as with the albino farm, accounts of Hatchet Man's Bridge differ. One version of the story features a couple who was driving across the bridge when their car died. Now, before leaving to get help, the young man made his date promise to lock the doors and not to open them for anyone. As you do As in these stories. <laughs> yes. Shortly, That's a good date right It there. is. He's a good <laughs> guy. a good date. So shortly after he left, a thumping on the roof scared the young woman. She didn't get out of the car, and the next morning, police arrived and convinced her to open the door. They told her not to look and escorted her away. Of course she looked, and a quick glance revealed her boyfriend hanging from a limb above the car, his feet only inches from the roof. And of course, the albino caretaker was said to have had a central role. So what I find really strange about this story is I heard something extremely similar when I was going to Cotty about a bridge that was in, in Nevada or in, in the Nevada, Missouri area. Um, almost exactly the same story mm -hmm. of a couple on a bridge. The girls had to stay in the car. The she gets out the next morning, and the guy is hanging above the car. So I thought that was interesting. Okay, I heard the very same story at Girl Scout camp, except she didn't hear a thump. She heard scratching, and when she got out of the car, it was all that was left were his fingernails on strips of skin blowing in the wind over the oh yeah Ew, okay. uh, there's like a million of those stories yeah so that are all knows? true i'm sure i'm sure they are so okay so the old trestle bridge is long gone and it was replaced with a 1993 or it was replaced around 1993 with a concrete slab so it's not quite as scary i guess as it used to be but I did find, I was kind of looking for some like individual stories about people who had been out there. And I only found one, and this was by Brianne Wheeler um, from a Google group uh, posted in October of 2000. Okay, so I'm gonna read you her account. Um, and these are her words. Okay, there's this place out north of town called the Albino Farm. It's a long legend I think parents made up to scare kids away from going out there during the night. Anyways, it's not just a legend. Anyways, she says that. I so. hate that. <laughs> with an S. I know. I know, with an S. So that is not me saying that, okay? Okay, anyway, thank you. The legend is there's this farm up north of town where all these crazy albinos live, never going outside the barn. At night, they come out and they try to scare drivers away from the road and make them have accidents. Anyways, out by the albino farm, there's a bridge. The legend about the bridge is that whenever you go across the bridge and it's midnight, your car will stall and will stay there unworking until it's either one o'clock or you push the car off the bridge. 
One night I dared my friends to go out there. I was driving and it was my first time out there. So I was pretty much psyched about it. Anyways, oh I had God. the window down. I know. And Three my times. two, <laughs> so far, I had the window down and my friends were in the back seat trying to freak me out. My arm was hanging out the window and it was about 80 degrees out. My friend Bethany had told me that once you get into the holler where the farm is, it drops about 30 degrees. I went past the dreaded stop sign that marks the end of civilization and the beginning of the albino farm and the temperature dropped drastically. Now, my logical mind says that since we're in the holler, it'll get cooler at the base than at the bottom, but my other part of me, but my other part of me knew something was up. Okay, well, I wonder what that was. Other, yeah, I know. I, I've often <laughs> anyways, had that feeling. <laughs> anyways, my other part, my other part of me. <laughs> all the hair on my arms and the back of my neck stood straight up. We passed the albino farm and could have sworn we saw something in the shadows. We progressed on. We slowly inched our way past a graveyard, one of those spooky ones you'd see in the Blair Witch Project. There, standing in the middle of the cemetery, was this huge, looming figure dressed in black, but his face was stark white. I slammed on the accelerator and gunned the engine, unknowingly going toward the bridge of no return. As soon as I got over the bridge, I knew something was going terribly wrong with the car. It started sputtering and coughing. I looked at the gas gauge. It was full. The temp gauge checked out all right, too, but the car was dying nonetheless. Then the car stalled on top of the bridge, overlooking the scary, swampy stream below us. That was it for me. I wasn't going to stay there until one. I had the guy in the back get out and push the car off the bridge, and we hightailed it home. Now that's no urban legend. <laughs> so anyways. Uh, that is the end of Breanne's story. Anyways. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> that was the only firsthand story that I could find. Now... Happily, I did also find that there is on IMDb a poorly reviewed horror movie of the legend that was made in 2009. It <laughs> says, in this reimagining, the little known local haunt gets a good, ambitious, if then, treatment. College students exploring the Ozark Mountains for a school assignment stumble upon a group of scary redneck cave dwellers. <laughs> So, we know people I, like that. I, we do. And I have not watched it, but it's on my list of things to watch at some time when oh, I don't yeah. have Very redneck cave dwellers. Well, you know, we were all on the lookout for that back in the day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we should watch that. At, you know how you can watch like a together? Yeah. We should do like that. A, yeah. a Netflix party or something. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. That'd be fun. So that's, that is my um, big one on uh, the albino farm north of springfield missouri oh that was good that's really good i've really never heard of it so that was interesting i'd never either so we don't know how many i mean the legend is so broad that we don't know how many albinos were there at any given time right or if there even were any or even if there were or whether it was a caretaker or whether it was um you know like so I did also find a little blurb that it was, there were albino cattle. So, yeah. you, you know, I mean, who, who knows exactly 
where it all came from, but um, it, you know, it's a good spooky story. It is. <laughs> it I is. love a good bridge story. I yeah. have a bridge story for a future time, so we yes. will uh, <laughs> we'll save that. Well, thank you, Deidre. That was really good. Yay. Really good. All right. We are ready to move on to the little one. And the little one tonight goes to Sister Dawn. So, Dawn, take it away. All righty. Well, the weird thing is this one might be longer. Sorry. I'm very long-winded. But so when Deidre said she was doing the Albarna farm, first of all, I was like, well, what the hell is that? Because I've never heard anything about it. And I knew that there probably weren't that many Albino stories since, you know, the Ozarks. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? I'll look for farms. So my intention was to do like three short ghost stories about haunted farms. I'm like, there's got to be haunted something. Well, anyway, I found a kind of a long story about a haunted farm. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, this farm, I'm totally pushing boundaries because it's on the very edge of the Ozarks, probably technically not even in it. But I am doing um, the story about Elmwood Farm which is in Palmyra, Missouri. Do you guys know where Palmyra is? No. I have a, used to have a really good no. friend from Palmyra. Let which me, direction? I've drove, droven. I have, I've, I made anyways. a second drink. <laughs> anyways, I, anyways you have I have driven through Palmyra several times. Palmyra's uh, right outside Hannibal, Missouri. So north. Hannibal. Oh, that's way east. Yeah, well, northeast, yeah, and it's yeah. on the river, so out of, technically out of the Ozarks, but close enough, I mean, you know, for <laughs> what we're doing here. So, um, uh, just like Deidre said, I found two major articles. One is from Radio Y101, which I assume is up there by Hannibal, and then another one is from Bella Online, and they are the exact same words. I don't know who did which one first, but the other one stole it. So, the historic 40-acre Elmwood Farm is located on Route C, a few miles outside of Palmyra. The current owner, Janice Dyer, has conducted extensive research on the history of her property and has been able to identify several ghosts. Janice says there are 32 spirits in the mansion and the most haunted room is the nursery. Of course it is. Um, so a little bit of history. The property was purchased by Andrew Muldrow in 1827. He died in 1846 and his estate sold the property to John and Catherine Tinnell Garner in 1853. They're the ones that built the Italianate mansion, slave quarters, summer kitchen, and barn on the land, all of which I think are still standing. Oh, cool. Wow. According to the history of Marion County, <clears throat> which is the county that it's in, the Garners had several, uh, shoot, the Garners had seven children, six boys and a daughter. And the daughter was the youngest one and her name was Queen. Huh. Um, the sad thing is Queen drowned in the cistern located near the summer kitchen in 1856 when she was four years old. Oh, oh so sad. Know. So Janice says that John, the father, and Queen are still at the farm. John is often seen in the barn and in the field. Janice says he is an angry old man and very cautious with women. So evidently she's tried to, you know. 
Um, <laughs> Tried to what? Well, contact him or whatever, you know. Okay. Yeah, because okay. she's like, yeah. Uh, early one cold winter Saturday morning when Janice and Joseph, her, her then husband, returned home, they found small footprints in the snow by the cistern. The prints matched a little girl's shoe that they'd found in the house. Ah. Um, there is a, uh, some photos on the Y101 website, I believe. Um, subsequent photos of the summer kitchen did not show any mists. I mean, she went out and took a bunch of photos, or, or the people from Y101 did. Um, until the very end of the visit, and the person took a picture right before they left, which showed a mist outside the summer kitchen. And that's what the photo is. Uh, and it, it is a little cloud of white out there by the summer kitchen. Um, uh, Queen is a delight to Janice. She says she loves to laugh, sing, and hold hands. And when her then-husband Joseph was living in the house, Queen liked playing with him. One day when he was sweeping the nursery not long after they'd moved in, he heard a little girl giggling. When he turned around, all of the dirt he'd just swept up was all over the floor again, which oh. I think is adorable. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you're, you know, really trying to get some work done, and then it's kind of a Um one morning, Janice awakened to Queen standing next to her bed, wishing her a good morning, which is oh, sweet. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Creepy, but sweet. Yeah. Yes. Before the boards were removed from the nursery windows, a team of uh, paranormal investigators experienced Queen giving a big hug to one of the investigators. They all saw his shirt being squeezed. Oh, Whoa. Okay. that's cool. Yes. Is there video of that? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. The Garners sold the property to Samuel and India P. Logan in 1867. And although one of their sons died at the tender age of two, the ghost from that family still resides at the farm. Uh, the, ghost, the ghost that resides is India's brother, Kellyan Franklin Petticord. Isn't that a 19th a name. century name? Yeah, Kellyan? Kellyan Franklin. Kellyan, okay. K-E-L-L-I-O-N, Franklin wow. Petticord. Um, wow. He was a Confederate soldier and is buried at the Palmyra Cemetery in Samuel in India's plot. He died at 1905 at the age of 72. He is very flirtatious with the ladies. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. In 1896, the Logans sold the property to Annie Foreman. She lived in the home from 1896 to 1910. Janice believes the spirit they call the lady in white might be Annie. It's said by locals that Annie walked out of the back of the mansion one night, spilling some kerosene on her dress. It caught fire and she died. Her, wow. I know, isn't that awful? Her spirit is seen in the parlor wearing white and her hair is worn in a bun. So, uh, from 1910 to 1932, the family of George B. Safferins owned the farm. 
They had many daughters and were rumored to have big parties during Prohibition. Sounds like a fun family. Janice and a friend heard a party going on one night. Violins were playing, people were chatting, and glasses were clinking. Um, The farm also functioned as a post-Civil War hospital for a time. In the 20s and 30s, midwife services were offered in the mansion. So there you go. It's got, it's got that whole hospital vibe going, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1932, the Picketts from St. Louis purchased the farm. <laughs> this is great. And Mrs. Pickett refused to, and this is a quote, live in this haunted nightmare of a house. <laughs> so ah. she never did. So um, in the 1970s, the great-grandson of the Pickett's added rooms onto the mansion, and it became a hunting lodge for for a time. After this, it was uninhabited until the Dyers purchased the property in 2011. Wow. Yeah, so it's got, you know, um, uh, lots of, it's a hospital, it was a hunting lodge, there was death, and there was some tragic deaths prior to Yeah, that. three ghosts that I counted, the little girl, the soldier, the lady in white, yeah. And the father, who's a mean oh, old father. man. Yeah. Oh, the but mean But there's guy. more, yeah. there's more. I've got more okay. miscellaneous experiences. Okay. okay. All right. So Janice said that one of the first experiences occurred when they were unloading the van to move in the house. The sun was shining, and Joseph saw Janice walk around the side of a house wearing a dress. He wondered when she had changed clothes. A little later, when he saw her again, she was back in her other clothes. He asked her about it. Janice had not had a dress on at all. So that's yeah. like day one. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, one of the ghosts is called Jesse. He was believed to be a foreman at Elwood Far- Elmwood Farm. He's seen in the slave quarters building and causes people to become physically ill. Oh, so we don't like Jesse. No. Wow. Um, Knocking is often heard coming from the attic in the basement. Thumping can be heard traveling down the staircase. Nearly a dozen paranormal investigations have taken place at Elmwood Farm. If you want to fall down a rabbit hole, just go on YouTube and type in Elmwood Farm. There is hours and hours of footage, none of which shows anything. I mean, no nothing kidding. happens because I watched a bunch of this. So anyway, yeah, yeah. That's kinda, I mean, not to barge into yours, but I looked on YouTube too uh, on my story, and there were a couple of um, local news stories. But again, it was the same. The same story same that I words. read everywhere else, you know? Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Go, That's okay. Um, there were some eerie sort of EVPs. Um, now, this is what this article says, but I'm telling you, I watched minutes and minutes of this footage, <laughs> and I didn't see this. But according to the story, one video shows a little girl coming down the staircase and walking out the back door. I would love to see that. Me too. Um, this is a great one. One rather cocky young investigator was egging the spirits on. He changed his tune after a cat was thrown in his face and he went outside by his vehicle and cried like a baby. (laughs) Where's that one? I want to see that one. Really? (laughs) Um, Janice says she's happy with the spirits inhabiting her home. She is not at all afraid. 
She did say that a lot of guests will not come back to visit Elmwood Farm, but this, this is her quote, this is great, but they are usually annoying people and the spirits don't want them there anyway. Okay. Ah, <laughs> now, exactly. Neither do we. Right. <laughs> the YouTube hole that I fell down, a lot of that footage was 2017, and um, the house looked like it was a storage building. I mean, they were like, and here's the dining room. And the walls were just piled with boxes. So I went to see if there was a way to contact them to see if it was still, if she still owned it. And there was nothing. Um, the article had a link to go contact her, Janice Dyer, and the link wasn't working anymore. So I don't know. I didn't have time to like check property records or anything. I don't know if it's still owned by her or not. No. But I do want to mention this because you you know the albino farm was about a um, urban legend. Um, so when I was earlier thinking I'm not going to find very much on you know ha any haunted farm. Um, that that's the Elmwood farm, by the way, that's the whole Elmwood farm, which I thought was really interesting. And I'd love to go out there. Yeah, yeah. that sounds great. Yeah, me too. But the, so, uh, the first, the first, um, haunted farm thing I found, and I'm just going to mention this because there's not a whole lot about it is the Winoka Lodge. Off I, it, that popped up on my stuff too. So yeah, carry okay, on. Off of Lake Springfield. It's on Lake yeah. Springfield. Okay. Mm -hmm. So evidently, so, so my point is, and I'm, you know, I'm an academic, right? So you, I research probably too much, but um, so when the Winoka Lodge is considered an urban legend, which I think the albino farm is too. And a lot of times you can't find much in urban legends because that's what they are. Like they're not based on anything. And you, you, there's, there's nothing to go back to except uh, right. oral it's history. The retelling of the retelling of the yeah. retelling. Yeah. So with this Winoka Lodge, I just this is just an example of when you do this kind of research, how you can really um, go off on a bad, wrong tangent. Anyway, um, <clears throat> evidently, people confuse the Winoka Lodge, which one day caught fire and burned down, with Camp Scott near Tahlequah, Oklahoma, which was a Girl Scout camp where Girl Scouts got murdered. Mm -hmm. And they confused them because the same day that Winoka burned down was the day that the Girl Scouts got murdered. And so both of the camps shut down forever. Oh. Also, Winoka means great spirit. And the guy that was originally arrested for the Girl Scout murders was Cherokee. And he was found with a medicine man. So, so you know, that, that kind of gets all confused and everything right. too. Mm -hmm. um, oh. That's all I'm gonna say about that Tahlequah stuff because I'm gonna do that as a big story. I don't remember that, 1977, I was alive and I don't remember that. But as I kind of looked into it, there, it's a big deal and it's still unsolved, so. Yeah. The yeah. Tahlequah story or the other story? The, the Girl Scout The Girl Scout. Story. Yeah, yeah. In, in Tahlequah, okay. Yeah, or outside Tahlequah. So yeah. anyway, that just goes to show you that, you know, I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, do you believe in ghosts or not, then then there's the part of, is there any kind of evidence that leads to anything? Like Janice Dyer seems like she did a bunch of really good research, which, you know, at least there were people that you can connect these stories to. 
Right. Yeah. That's the Elmwood Farm. Well, that's very cool. I would love to go out there and check it out. (laughs) Yes. So, so I, yeah, the question, and now the Elmwood Farm, it's not like a a boarding house or a hotel or anything like that. No, just a farm. It was just Just a working rich farm with a a mansion. A farm. A working rich farm. Okay. Well, son of a gun. I'd never heard of either of these stories. The Albino Farm or the Elmwood Farm. Mm -mm. Wonderful. Well, goodness gracious. I guess we're at the end of our time, ladies. Um, uh, Thanks, everybody, so much for uh, tuning in to Ozarks, Haints, and Hooch. Be sure to uh, leave us stars, as many stars as there are. All in the, the sky. stars in the, the sky. Stars. Stars. <laughs> yeah. And we will say goodbye for this evening. And remember if you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.